Some first lines are unforgettable. <clears throat> You'll probably recognize these. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens. All children except one grow up. Peter Pan, James Barry. It was a bright cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. 1984 from someone who was in the first service. Thank you. Uh, <coughs> great first lines to classic bestsellers, you know, just grabbing our attention from the very first page. But Matthew, the author of this last reading, doesn't seem to have got the memo. Instead, he starts this new part of the Bible, the New Testament, with this rather dull opening, a record of the genealogy of Jesus Christ and then spends the next 17 verses giving us a long list of almost unpronounceable names. I mean, you're very lucky that Bob didn't read them all out. Well, apparently, researching your family tree is big business nowadays. Genealogy and ancestry are the second most searched for subject on the internet. If that's the case, um, there are probably a number of closet genealogy geeks sitting around here in church this evening, so I won't be too rude about the subject. But my guess is that you've probably never heard this gene genealogy read out in a carol service, mainly because it does come across as pretty dull and boring. We might usually suggest to people that they skip over these verses and get on to the, the, the exciting stuff. Tell them to start halfway through the chapter where it says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. I mean, that's a good way to start. Why didn't Matthew start with that? Instead, he gives us a list of names that runs a bit like the old telephone directories. You know, I mean, what was he thinking? Well, I would like to suggest that Matthew is writing down much more than just a list of names. He's writing a story of people and places, of incidents and events leading up to the most momentous event in the history of our world. He's telling us about the coming of Jesus. And he's telling us that Jesus is undeniable, unpredictable, unstoppable, and unforgettable. He's undeniable. A recent survey found that 40% of this country believe Jesus was a myth who never even existed. Well, it's interesting that Matthew doesn't begin the story of Jesus by saying, once upon a time. You know, that's the way fairy tales and legends and Star Wars begin. Once upon a time signals to us that this probably didn't really happen. You know, it's just a rather good story. But Matthew's wanting to make sure that we understand this story is real. This is based in history. It's not a fairy story. Jesus has an undeniable bloodline. He's firmly planted in our world's history. So Matthew starts his gospel by, in effect, saying, here he is at last. Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. All the hopes of all the years are channeled down in this genealogy into this one person. And here's the list to prove it. His history is undeniable. He's undeniable, but he's also unpredictable. In other words, unexpected. In Jesus' time, genealogies were much more than just a family tree. This was like a CV. This was a way of announcing, this is who I am. You know, today we commend ourselves with a list of degrees and work experiences and, and accomplishments. In those times, it was your family, your family pedigree and clan that gave you uh, a credibility. You see, the purpose of a genealogy was to impress onlookers with the high quality and respectability of your roots. 
But the surprising thing here is that Matthew does the very opposite with Jesus. This genealogy is shockingly unlike other ancient genealogies. To begin with, there are five women in this list. Now, that won't strike any of us as as particularly unusual, but at that time, a woman was never included in such a list because they just didn't count. In Greek and Jewish culture, women had no rights. They were possessions, first for their fathers and then their husbands. So to be included in this list is extraordinary. They're not even some of the most select, respectable respectable women of the Bible. I mean, there are plenty of those to choose from. But no, the women in this list aren't respectable at all. Two prostitutes, an an adulteress, a foreigner, and a woman pregnant out of wedlock. We have Tamar. Tamar, who tricked her father-in-law into sleeping with her. I mean, talk about dysfunctional families. It's like an episode of EastEnders, and not, not just any episode. I mean, this is the Christmas special. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah. And here we have prostitution and incest straight off the bat. You know, it is shocking. And then there's Rahab. Well, Rahab, yes, well known to the men in Jericho. She also had a certain reputation. And Ruth, a foreigner, an outsider, unwanted and despised. And of course, Mary, teenage pregnancy, unmarried, don't even know who the father is. I mean, now all the skeletons are coming out the cupboard. You see, they're not the sort of stories you'd want to tell your children at bedtime. Mummy, mummy, tell me about the grannies who were prostitutes. Not the sort of thing you'd want to talk about. But in the middle of this rather unexpected list of names, you have, yes, you have some exceptional figures. King David, for example. Ah, you think. There's someone who you'd want in your genealogy. Royalty. But Matthew adds in one of the great ironic understatements of the Bible that David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. I mean, Uriah's wife? Why not give her name? Her name was Bathsheba. And Matthew is reminding us of a terrible chapter in Israel's history when David was was a fugitive, running for his life from King Saul. And a group of men went with him and put their lives on the line to protect him. And they were called his mighty men. And they risked everything for him. And Uriah was one of them. But some years later, David was on his rooftop and he sees Uriah's beautiful wife, Bathsheba, bathing. And he wants her. So he sends for her and sleeps with her and then arranges to have Uriah killed so that he can marry her. Do you know why Matthew leaves off the name Bathsheba? It's not a slight on her. It's a slam on David, on one of the greatest kings in Jewish history. Even he was deeply flawed. Someone commented, Jesus' family tree is full of hookers, whores and murderers. And Matthew knew that this list would capture the attention of the Jewish readership. But more than that, he's using it to make a point. By purposely including not just the respectable and the righteous and the godly, but some of the most disreputable and dysfunctional, he's surely saying that God can and will use, he will associate with anybody. God is totally unpredictable. And God's plan and purpose throughout history will not be thwarted by anything. He's unpredictable and he's unstoppable. Now, why are these people included? You know, if you or I had written this script, we'd have left out half those names. 
You know, we'd have airbrushed them out, as we do even today with some of the details we don't want to disclose on our CVs. The things we're not so proud of. The mistakes, the failures, the disappointments. But no, Matthew includes every sordid detail because he wants to make it absolutely clear that with Jesus, every single barrier that normally uh, divides or excludes comes crashing down as he breaks into our world. He's unstoppable. He breaks down every social barrier. It doesn't matter who we are. He's our saviour. He breaks down every racial barrier. It doesn't matter where we've come from. He's our saviour. He breaks down every sexist barrier. Male, female, it makes no difference. He's our saviour. He breaks down every sin barrier. He doesn't care what we've done. He's our saviour. And on the cross, he removed every single barrier between us and God. One Christmas Eve in Tesco's and everyone was rushing around, pushing and shoving, and someone in the checkout queue said, Koh, they ought to murder the person who invented Christmas. And the person behind him said, I think they did. <laughs> He's unforgettable. Jesus Christ, son of the great King David, son of the great founder father Abraham, coming to achieve what they never could. The fulfillment of all the long years of waiting through all those generations of that genealogy. And now, even 2,000 years later, we still can't forget him. We still celebrate his birth. The coming of the one who would change history forever. He's unforgettable. Unforgettable because he's not just the son of David, son of Abraham. But he's son of God. And that's why we can't forget him. You see, this list isn't just history. It's not just to prove Jesus' ancestry, although, you know, that is important. It's so you and I can meet the one who gave up his heavenly throne to be part of this messy, dysfunctional world. It's so you and I can put our faith in the one who is undeniable, unpredictable, and unstoppable. I mean, many people say that coming to faith in Jesus, meeting Jesus for the first time, is, is like coming home. Finding the person that you've been looking for, the place where you belong. I found that place when I was 17 years old. I heard someone talking about Jesus in a way that I'd never heard before. I heard that he came to give meaning to my life, to bring me true yet purpose and joy and forgiveness. To forge a relationship with me and to bring me back to God. I heard the good news of the gospel explained for the first time and I knew I, I, I had to make a response. The good news that Jesus had come down to rescue me, to be my saviour. And yes, it was like coming home to the undeniable Jesus who wasn't born once upon a time, but really broke into time and space. To the unpredictable Jesus who surprised everyone, coming in a way people least expected, through a family line that included the most unlikely people coming in, coming in the most hidden way, not to a palace, but to a stable, to the unstoppable Jesus, who proved that nothing can come against God's rescue plan. Not history, not poverty, not a Roman census, not a vicious scheming king, not even death itself. Nothing could stop him. So this Christmas, I would plead with you, don't let anything stop you from coming home. Finding that place, finding the one who can bring you true peace in your heart, true meaning to your life, 
a true hope for the future. You know, this is the real good news of Christmas. The unforgettable Jesus Christ, the Son of God.